Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Welcome to day two of a fantastic interview I'm doing with a friend, Mark Osgeist. He's a Colorado native who joined the United States Marine Corps in 1984. Uh, we actually were in the Corps at the same time. He spent 12 years in the Marines, and then he became a deputy sheriff in Colorado, where he was a certified uh, forensic interviewer of children. He later became chief of police in Fowler, Colorado. And then after leaving the police force, Mark began contract security work in Iraq, later worked for the USIS, which is the United States Investigative Services, where he trained Iraqi SWAT teams. Mark finished his career as a security contractor in Benghazi, which is probably what he's best known for. He was a member of the NX security team that fought to defend American diplomatic posts in the CIA NX in Benghazi in 2012. Of course, this was put into a book form, the inside account of what really happened in Benghazi, 13 hours, and is based on the same uh, with the movie. So, Mark, welcome back for day two. Looking forward to it. Yeah, brother. So uh, if you didn't listen to day one, let me encourage you. Listen to day one. You really shared some insightful things. Everything from about faith to handling stress to what it's like to be, you know, have three 81 millimeter mortars drop on you. And um, uh, there's a lot of great stuff. What I wanted to continue with today is your ministry organization, which is called shadowwarriorsproject.org. You're doing something very few do, and it started with helping contractors Mm -hmm. that were returning from overseas. People have to do the deal, and people are not supposed to know about them, or they don't. There's no fanfare. There's no VA, uh, but yet oftentimes their roles, they're, they're engaged in high threat, high stress, you know, they're shooting, crazy stuff that goes on. But they come back, and many of them need help, and not many people want to help them. They don't fit into that. So tell me, how you guys started again? How did you come up with this? After I got injured and I was in the hospital, I was in Walter Reed. Last day I was there was October 6th, somewhere around there. But figuring out what was going to happen next for us, the government gave me what they call Secretary of Defense designee status. In the movie, they say, to simplify that, they said they re-enlisted me into the Marine Corps. Kind of one and the same. It was basically so I could get my medical covered by the government. Mm. But that was only the major stuff. And then when I left there... They helped me out for the next year and a half, but after that, I was on my own. But even with all that, the average contractor that doesn't get the whole spotlight like Benghazi did, had that not happened, most likely I would have left um, Lundstall, Germany, where I got my life-saving. Well, actually, my first life-saving was in Tripoli by Libyan doctors in a Libyan uh, hospital. Mm. Um, But then from there to Lundstall, Germany, for life-saving, and then I would have gotten flown back to Colorado and put into a hospital either up in Denver or here in Colorado Springs and had all my medical taken care of, but you're a private contractor. I My pay stopped the day I left Libya. The day of the 12th, September 12th, 
I no longer got paid. Now I have to, one, worry about bills. How am I going to take care of my family? How am I going to make sure that I keep a roof over their head and keep my kids fed? Yeah, everybody says we got paid buku amounts of money. Well, we got paid well. Yeah, um, not buku. You know, it's, I got, on average, about $750 a day, mm-hmm. which was great for all of those days that you don't get shot at. <laughs> but... Those days you get shot at, that's not near enough. And you're doing pumps in and out. It's it, This ain't a yeah. 365 gig. So from early 2004, somewhere probably around May, April, May of 2004 to September of 2012, about nine, nine and a half years, I was gone for seven of it. I was deployed 21 times mm. to uh, someplace that isn't nice in the world. Right. I think about... You know, you, you got blowed up pretty darn good. You, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have lived, uh, but thanks to, we talked about TIGs and people, it was God's hand on you. Obviously, ShadowWarriorsProject.org came out of your time in Benghazi. And did you have any sense that things were heating up or that y'all could have? I'm talking about weeks uh, uh, leading up to this. You know, we we planned for everything because I mean it was September 11th and we're in yeah uh, you know one of the worst parts of the world oh, yeah. every other group had pulled out we're gonna stay there why is that well I hate to say it Libya wasn't the place where I actually felt the most afraid mm. because the people loved us um, mm. but it's these other groups that we had helped them because they were all part of the coalition that fought against Gaddafi it's yeah. easy to bring a group of people that would never get along together if you can formulate them to hate one gosh, thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people don't realize this, but it's a danger to put a big X on a country uh, instead of a regime or a group mm-hmm. or a militia because the people typically are loving, they care. Like we talked about yesterday, they just, just want the basics, they want to be happy family kids right yeah yeah that's i mean you know you you look at what we're facing here in america it's pretty much the same mm-hmm. i've got a friend out in uh, dc and he has a uh, organization that's called unhyphenated america mm-hmm. he's not african-american or hispanic american it's he's an american, american. who is yeah. african descent um i'm an american that's german polish whatever Boy, english i agree with that descent, you know and and uh, it's that what we are here in America. And if you, we have more in common as a human being to a human being, then we have differences. One of the biggest is just our skin color. And that's one, only one thing. And we let that be the focus of things. Yeah. I've got a friend who's a, in ministry, he's a pastor and things became he, pretty heated uh, with the critical race theory and racism and black lives matter. And I'm like, uh, why, what, why is this happening? Uh, notwithstanding injustices, notwithstanding things that can be taken care of, but I mean a whole movement to increase and incite and divide people by their race, that's nuts. That's crazy making. And I remember asking him, I go, hey, why is there this tension? I said, me and you served in the Marine Corps, brother. What color were we? Green. Green. (laughs) Some are just light green versus dark green. I said, exactly. I said, in the last three decades, uh, has there been an issue in ministry with us? None, but there is now. Can you not see there's actually an insurgency with a 
false narrative, a bad narrative, I should say, of of this tension. And so I, man, I tell people, knock it off. I, I just said from, um, I had a speaking event in California last week, and I, I told people, I go, I'm tired of, if you have to point out something or you disagree with somebody, they bring into either their race or belief or lifestyle or system or whatever or religion. I go, no, I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just talking about you. You're a bonehead. You know, be responsible for yourself. Well, you look at it with the church. I mean, Fowler, Colorado, a town of about 1,260 people, has 11 churches. I see. I believe in the diversity of the body of Christ, whatever denomination. I think that's healthy, but I think it's unhealthy when you can't get leaders from each one to get in a room and pray together. Uh, so the sin of man, uh, the hardness of heart, instead of just love. I mean, me and you have relationships with Muslims that uh, I'd put before some of my Christian friends. Hey, I've had based on integrity and character. <laughs> I've had Muslims try to kill me, and I've had Muslims save my life. I mean. <laughs> Somebody asked me uh, when we were writing the book. Uh, That's good. Somebody was asking me, uh, well, do you hate the people that were trying to kill you? And I'm like, no, why? Yeah. And they're like, well, they were trying to kill you. And I'm like, That's well, job. I don't have to hate somebody to kill them. Bingo. But then I kind of thought about that because the look on their face was like, what? Yeah, that sometimes it's too much information <laughs> for people's but, never been behind a weapon. But, but what it means yeah. is this right here is that I am not going to allow hate to be a part of what I do. I mean, we can disagree with what's going on in here in this, this country. So I so raised important. my hand and to protect the constitution for each and every American. Yeah. And really, I think it's more important that I protect that right of our constitution for those who disagree with me. I may disagree with you, but I still love you. Yeah. Cause as God says, you know, it's, we, hate the sin, love the sinner. Well, that's a good saying, and I, I think I think about where the Lord said, hey, just you got to love your enemy. Right. And I hope people understand this. We're talking about hatred is a dangerous thing uh, versus you have to stand up for what's right. Because like somebody, somebody wrote the other day on social media, Christians told me I have to love a pedophile. And I said, well, loving someone that you don't like doesn't exclude them from justice and consequences of their action. So I can absolutely, I, I have loved thousands of very wicked people mm -hmm. who, who have been locked up or incarcerated. My, my goodness, an ISIS fighter that I prayed for one night in Mosul, and I knew he was about to meet his maker. So why do I have to hate him? I'm not going to spend my energy on that. And I, I think people, if they listen to this and listen to men who've been in situations where we're, we're justified to do certain things, to stand in the gap, to stand on the wall, to make decisions, my gosh, you don't have to hate people. When some of you, you get butthurt over somebody who's, you well, know, you know and the key to for, to you. one of the biggest things, at least for me with forgiveness, I should go to them. I go to them or I try to go to them and forgive them. Mm -hmm. And that forgiveness isn't as much for them. I mean, it is, but it's yeah. not. It's as much for me because, and it goes back to the thing of hate. I mean, two of the devil's uh, greatest tools are fear and hate. Because if I can get somebody or he can, if he can get somebody to fear something or hate something, when you fear and hate something, it's easy to do horrendous things 
Yeah. That's why he plays on that so much. I and, think so. and it's what's going on here in this country is he is utilizing people to exercise that fear and hate. He puts mm-hmm. it in there and then is getting them to continue to bring that up. That, I'm on Mark, that's really good. I, and I hope people are listening to this where, you know, I've heard unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping it destroys the other person. It's just going to destroy you. So stand up for what's right, but my goodness, you don't have to hate people who disagree with you. Well, think about this. I mean, somebody who, I'm hating somebody who doesn't know that I hate them because of their race, their religion, their whatever, no matter what it is, and I'm letting that worry ruin my life because I wake up every day, and I know people like this that I hate Muslims because they don't follow Christ. Yeah. Okay, why do I care? Because the Lord is going to deal with that when it's time. Yeah. Worry about your own heart. Right. Now, listen, Shadow Warriors. <laughs> Shadow know, Warriors we're, Project. We're going all over the but place. But it's okay. It is. It's, it this, is. This is how we would talk in our homes together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This, the, we're just letting y'all in on it. So uh, don't edit this too much. Yeah, because uh, remember everyone out there, I mean, one getting blown up. Eight or nine, 10, 15 times. My brain bounces around like 15 different directions. It's like a BB in a pop can. That's why the subject matter goes that way. So bear with us, please. <laughs> Listen, you've put your life in a direction now to helping others. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have been helped. So what is Shadow Warriors Project? I mean, what is it? It's about being a part of something bigger than yourself. It's about making sure those that have served this country who have given everything, it's either themselves or their families because the one forgotten victim, and I hate to use the word victim, but injuries occur to the family as well because our caregivers, our children put up with, I mean, my wife and my kids put up with me being gone all the time, going out and playing soldier. Mm. Right. Whatever you want to call it. I mean. We call this a secondary effects. Yeah. Right? Of professions or things that we've chosen to do. It's a trauma to them, and we forget about that. But And that's why it's not just the warriors that we're wanting to help. It's the family yes. as a whole. And right. when somebody gets killed or injured and there's nobody there, the family, I mean, it's a dramatic change for the family. And the first thing we do is we like to take care of the first two to three months of their bills. So they don't have to worry about are they going to make be able to pay the car payment, pay the rent, pay the mortgage, put food on the table when they're grieving over either the loss of their spouse or father um, or mother? Because they're in shock. This right, th- we're talking about real practical responses to a real need. This is an organization that, like Mark just said, like Oz just said, for those of you who love that movie, is you can be part of the team to help. What you need to do is go to the website, start familiar yourself, be educated, and then be part of it both through prayer and financial support. You guys are fully, I mean, y'all aren't supported by the government. No. You're supported by individuals like our organization, like us. One of the biggest, I think, lies people believe is they go, I I don't, I can't give much. I, I, let me tell you what. $5 a month makes a difference. We got a family that for the last three or four years donates 
$4.50 a month. And they do that every month consistently. And the help that that has been able to provide in the long term is huge. And emotionally. I mean, knowing that someone's just faithful to give that, we're sitting here talking about it. I mean, it's going to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are going to hear that. That's how much it matters. And I would just say, if as you learn more about ShadowWarsProject.org, and if God prompts you, be part of it. Pray for it. If God prompts you to support it, support it. Tell others. Um, can they follow you on your Facebook page or Instagram? Um, yeah, we've got an Instagram page. We've got Facebook. Uh, you can also follow my website, which is markgeist.com. I mean, that talks about what I do professionally and uh, personally and a lot of stuff, but there's also a link there that takes you back over to Shadow Warriors Project as well. So you can, if you want to make it simple, Google Mark Geist, go to my webpage. You can find out about that. And then I think that might be the safest because there are other organizations called Shadow Warriors out there that uh, we're not involved with. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, if you keep the project as part of that Shadow Warriors Project, you're going to find us first and foremost. Good. Now, marriage. You're a Christian, you're married. Is marriage always easy as a Christian? No, uh, it's work and it sh- it's great work. Mm-hmm. We think that we're going to get married. We fall in love when we're young or whatever it is. And, you know, that's all you got to do is now, hey, I'm in love and it's going to be great. Well, then life happens yeah. because then you have bills and kids and projections, you know. And uh, I kind of look at it as, uh, you know, what my job is, is to make my wife happy and what her job is to make me happy. And if we both work at that, we're at least heading in the right direction. Yeah. And be cognizant of the others before you are yourself. There's uh, honestly, I'm going to just say the truth. There's so much selfishness in our culture and people come into marriages or even relationships with expectations that sometimes just can't be met. And I would encourage people listening or watching. Yes, expectations are normal and fine, but don't ever let them exceed your appreciation for the person, your, your gratitude for the person, uh, because otherwise you'll live in a negative deficit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, be thankful more than you're disappointed. Learn communication skills. Eileen and I are just putting out a marriage course, uh, and I guess this is a, now a shameless plug for it. To learn more about this marriage course that we're coming out with, just go to Victor Marks. That's what the next victormarks.com forward slash marriage. I'll go back to another military term, especially from the, our Navy SEAL brothers is two is one and one is none. Yeah. You know, together we are a lot stronger than by ourselves. And, yeah. you know, and that's not only us as a couple, that's us as a couple that have friends that are part of our friendship, our fire, I call it my fire team of faith. Those yeah. people that are surround myself that are going to call me on my BS when I'm screwing stuff up or yep. I'm getting too far left or right of, uh, of center yeah. and, and pull me back and understand, you know, Oh, that's going to hurt your feelings. I better not say that, you know, oh hurt my, my feelings, please, please. <laughs> you know, cause they're just feelings. I think that's how our relationship started. It's like, Hey, you know, we, we'd love to, to grow on our faith and, you know, it's good to have really trustworthy friends, but man, uh, the investment Eileen and I have made in our friendship has come back to us where I'm like, I mean, 
how many times have I called you or got together and said, we, we need to shoot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Need to, uh, uh need to we, get rid of some of that yeah, stress or whatever to, it is. Let's blow and, something up. Yep. The relationship I see that you guys give to other people, other mm-hmm. friends that are even outside of our circle of friends, right? as well as what your ministry does the same thing is, I mean, your ministry is about others and it's serving others, giving other people hope and that introduction to Christ through, not just through preaching, because that's easy to say the words, it's how you live your life. And uh, I think that's the thing is, and I go back to when we started the other day talking about it is, you know, you look at how that selflessness has helped so many people mm. as you talk to Josh to get them to give me a dog. And that dog has made the difference in my life, which that's not where it stops. It's now that's given us projection with shadow warriors project to do what we're doing, which has opened up one, our canine therapy program, giving a service dog to people. And that canine therapy program has been allowed us to partner with a family down in Lubbock, Texas, that we're renting a facility from where we bring guy 10 combat veterans in a week wow. and introducing them to the Lord. And again, two is one and one is none. And the more you have, I mean, and it's all because you chose to do one thing and make a difference in somebody else's Gosh, life. And I do see the ripple effect mm-hmm. and I've never thought of it that way, you know, and it, it goes both ways. That's, that's the amazing thing. When we are kind and selfish and reach out and help others, there are ripple effects that we may not even see on this earth. So last question, mm-hmm. we're all going to die. Uh, both you and I have been there <laughs> yep. where we should have. When you die, Mark, what happens to you and why do you believe it? I got asked a question that like that one time somebody says, you know, were you afraid of dying? And I said, no, because one of two things was going to happen. I was either going to get a go home and be with my family or I'm going to go home and be with the Lord. And either one of those was, would be phenomenal. I mean, we're living in a life that if you look at eternity, not the thickness of a hair is our life on earth here to what eternity is. And the, uh, why do I have a relationship with the Lord like that? And, and again, you know, it goes back to, this is something that's been in my life the whole time, my whole life. But the difference between pre Benghazi and post Benghazi is, uh, I was hard headed jarhead. It took three mortars to blow me up to get me to say, okay, I got, I, now I know. Cause I, I did, I was living my life as with Christ kind of bouncing back and forth across right. the left and right lateral limbs. So it fit my lifestyle right, or whatever I wanted right? instead of putting the Lord first. And that's where the difference is, is, you know, Hey, okay, you got my attention and what's whatever you want me to do, Lord. And, and why is it a friend of mine, just our last program down in Lubbock, uh, He's Navy SEAL sniper, went through sniper school. Um, I worked with him for several years uh, over in Iraq, um, running around doing our stuff. And there's only two places he ever prayed. And that was at our house and one other friend's house. He grew mm. up a hard life. His parents weren't involved in it most of the time. I mean, he uh, was in the boys' ranch for probably more times than he needed. Mm. He was that kid that got kicked out of the boys' ranch. So, because he, he had became a Navy SEAL. Yep. And he became a Navy SEAL. Yep. Well, we were, he was at our program a couple months ago and, uh, and it was funny how the Lord works is we were getting ready to say, uh, grace for lunch. I said, we're going to say grace. And he says, you want me to say grace? And I paused cause I was going to say, no, I've got it. But I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and he's like, uh, 
uh, I've never really done that before. How do I do it? I'm like, talk to God like you're talking to me. Mm. And like we have our conversations. And so he did and he goes through, you know, he said the thing that was really kind of impactful was he's like, you know, Lord, I've, he finished it with, I've never really talked to you. Wow. But I can see where I'm going to be talking to you a lot more. Oh my gosh, brother. Now, what is it that does that? You know, what brings a person to that? You know, we, we can try to put it and quantify it with what it is, but it's faith. Mm. And what is faith is faith is believing in something that's bigger than yourself. That's greater than yourself. And is, uh, is for the good of all people. Yeah. And I think that's where religion and you've, we've talked about my ideas on religion. Religion itself is a man-made thing and your faith and relationship with the Lord is not. Yeah. And, uh, and, and look for that faith and understand that it's one degree. Yeah. Step into it with just saying a prayer today. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of people listening right now that are so both encouraged and challenged. And you almost look like you got a little emotional on that point right there because the reality of God's love and what he can do and how he can change any heart, mm-hmm. especially warriors. Very encouraging, brother. Love you, man. Thank you for being on this program uh, and sharing your heart. Hey, thank you for having me. It was uh, It's great visiting anytime. Yep. Uh, some of you tough guys out there, you got to realize there's a difference between being transparent and vulnerable. And it's okay to be transparent. That'll keep your heart flexible versus being hard. And so many people watch movies, read books, and they think the aspect is to be hard. If you've listened to our program for any amount of time, and the warriors and colleagues and people we've associated with and friends, you realize, no, it's about being tough, not hard. And there's a spiritual aspect that matters. So wherever you are, whatever lane you're running in, uh, do it full throttle, uh, ultimately for the glory of God. But stay the course and get it done. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.